Hello, good afternoon at 12.32 p.m. on June 17th. Ooh. This is a be happy post. Quote, if you want to be happy, don't take stuff personal. Let stuff Go. Let people be. Focus on you, your mental health, your spiritual health, your well-being, physically and financially. Be happy. Be happy. And again, I say be happy. How's everybody doing today? Are you ready for your weekend? Some people will celebrate Juneteenth this weekend. There's a website, Juneteenth, ATL.com. They're having festivities at Centennial Olympic Park starting Friday, June 18th, on Saturday, and ending on Sunday. June the 20th in Atlanta and LA. LA is having something or more than one place. <laughs> That's how they do. They have something all over the place. But there will be lots of activities. Don't miss out. Money is temporary, house is temporary, car is temporary, career is temporary, God is eternal. A quote from D. Mike, D-E-M-I-C, Demike or Demic. And a quote from Minion, the tongue has no bones, but it's strong enough to break a heart. So be careful with your words. These are Facebook posts. And I need to thank all, all of the new listeners in all the new countries. Thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. 
in sharing this platform, this global family village with everyone. Appreciate you all. It's been a fun year. One whole year so far. And it's it's really been a privilege. So much to learn and so much to share. Well, it was an interesting day so far. At least Los Angeles has power so far. Yesterday, all the power in some areas just stopped. It just stopped working. Nothing was scheduled. I guess some sort of accident happened somewhere. And transformers stopped. Something stopped working somewhere takes them hours to get everything running again but it's it's scary when you're in some of those big stores and it goes completely black black <laughs> if it had not been for my favorite favorite neighbor slash nephew I don't know. I probably would have just passed out. <laughs> the The store lights went completely black. You couldn't see anything. But my neighbor slash nephew had a um had a excellent flashlight on himself. And that saved me from passing out. Would you like to hear a little bit of this? What happened to it? This video, how to make a YouTube, how to make a YouTube video for beginners start to finish. to film, edit, and upload a YouTube video from scratch, step-by-step, step. buckle your seatbelts, and get ready, because maybe you want to grab a journal to write something, if you're shooting videos on your phone, or if you got your gear with you, gather it up, grab something to drink, because in this video, I am going to be walking you through how to prepare your gear, do your camera settings, and shoot a YouTube video that gets views. We're going to talk about thumbnails and doing thumbnail photography and how to edit your thumbnails, how to step-by-step -step edit your videos, and then upload them on YouTube in the most comprehensive free tutorial on how to create YouTube content online, period. And in between each part of this four-part mega video, I'm going to be answering the top questions from the Think Media community about each of these topics. But if we're just meeting, my name is Sean Cannell. I'm the author of YouTube Secrets. And my passion is helping purpose-driven people build their influence with online video. 
Right now, it's time to start with part one of setting up our gear and filming our YouTube video. So buckle your seatbelts and let's just jump into it. When you're getting started in video, it can be frustrating because there's a lot to learn when it comes to the camera settings and what gear do you need. So in this video, I'm going to be going through step-by-step step how to create a YouTube video with the gear that I'm using, the exact settings on this Canon M50, so it'll be relevant for any kind of DSLR or mirrorless camera that you're using, and then ultimately how to edit and put it all together coming up. Shine Panel here, and this is Think Media, bringing you the best tips and tools for building your influence with online video. And on this channel, we do a lot of tech gear reviews as well as strategy videos on how to build your influence with social media. So if you're new here, consider subscribing. But hey, we're starting a four-part series where we're going to be going through how to shoot a great YouTube video with a DSLR or a mirrorless camera like the Canon M50 or the SL2. We're going to be talking about how to shoot thumbnails and go from shooting the photos to editing them then how to edit the video, and then also upload it. So we're going to take you concept to completion of creating YouTube content. So let's just dive into it right now with the gear we're going to use to create this video. So for the first part, let's get started with the exact gear we're using. And actually, we just put together a brand new guide that you can grab at thinkgearguide.com, where we'll list out everything. I'll link to that in the description. But our main camera for this shoot is the Canon M50. The reason I love this camera is because at around $600 with the kit lens, it's really the best all-around camera for YouTube, in my opinion, still. I mean, with the flip screen and the mic input, and we'll talk about some of those things. But in the gear guide, we cover all types of different cameras for different budgets, so definitely check that out. But for the gear we're using, we've got the camera. The main lens I'm going to be using for the video I'm creating for my other channel, Sean Thinks, is the 11 22 lens because it's wide, really good for small and tight shots to get a really wide shot and good for vlogging. Using a Tascar shotgun mic right on top here. A little bit later in the shoot, we'll use this Voya mic. And then I also have the kit lens. We're not really going to be using that today, but we are going to be using our 22 millimeter pancake lens a little bit later on for a nice crispy shot with a blurry background. And then finally, I've got a KNF Concept tripod here that I'm going to be using because I'm going to be creating this video as a solo creator, like many of us are in the same community, right? And so this is the full kit. I've got an SD card in there, and all together, you could pick all this up for a little bit under $1,000. You don't need all of this to get started, but these are sort of like the ultimate kit, I think, to create some killer YouTube videos. So we're going to start in just a second, but now let's talk about the settings before we start shooting. All right, now go ahead and grab your camera, no matter what camera you have, just follow along, but if you've got your M50, grab it. And normally when you get started shooting video, you'd probably pick video mode on the top of the camera, and that's a great way to start. When you do that, you can actually uh, go into that video mode, and you can put it on auto exposure. If you want the fastest way to get your camera set up and running, auto exposure is going to be auto everything. It might not look the best in some motion, in some situations, but it's really nice. Now you could also do manual, and we love manual, and if you want every single detail to be adjusted, that's a great option too. But we kind of figured out a hybrid mode for a simple way to do auto, and we'll show you what that is. So we're actually gonna start with easy on the top, which is shutter priority. And you can look that up for your camera. When it's in shutter priority, that allows us to prioritize what will make the video look the best. So let's talk about it. In shutter priority, what we're going to do is hit the Q, 
And we'll go through our settings. Now, first of all, we're going to do auto white balance, just so it's quick and fast. We're then we're going to do auto picture style, just so the colors look nice. If we were going to color grade later, I would shoot on neutral. But because we want this to be a quick edit and export, drop it on YouTube. We're just going to have auto white balance, auto on, auto on that picture profile. And then I'm going to choose an autofocus mode of my face, at least initially when I'm vlogging and I'm on camera. I'm going to be shooting a video for my Sean Cannell channel of a home office tour. And so um, when I'm on camera, I'll do the face focus. And then when I'm shooting room shots, I can do kind of zone focus and tap certain areas. But then the biggest thing here now is, the, is our frame rate. Shotgun mic setup, 
our audio levels are ready, all of our camera settings are ready, so I'm ready to shoot my video. So a couple reasons why I love this setup is, of course, the split screen, so I can always get a good shot composition of myself on camera. Uh, I love the wide-angle lens, especially for like a room tour video because it gets very wide shots. But then I also love this Joby tripod because I can not just vlog with it and take people with me, but then I can quickly set it down and get a nice shot like this. So throughout this video, I'm going to be moving from room to room, and this is a very versatile setup for all that content. Shallow depth of field and a blurry background. So actually, before I finish out this video shooting the B 
what I'm going to do is put the camera on this tripod, and that's what I'm going to use this for. I'm going to use this tripod to get some smooth panning shots of the room. Again, this is a room tour, kind of home office tour. And so what I can do on here is this KMF tripod has nice smooth panning. I'm going to get some smooth panning shots, and I'm going to get a shot where I mount the camera on here. I'm much further away, and then that's what we're going to use this Boya mic for. This mic is around $20. It's a lavalier like the mic that we're recording this Think Media video on. And so that way, if I get further away, I can get that blurry background. I can get the good audio because if I'm too far away from my shotgun mic, the audio is not going to be as good. Thanks for coming along with me for a quick tour through the Think Media offices. If you want to see what we've been doing before, now, could you skip past these other lenses and even this mic and still finish out this video? Of course. But I just kind of wanted to give you the complete kit that I would use so that I feel ready to create all the content necessary to tell a great story on We were listening to Sean Kenner, YouTube, Think Media. And so that pretty much covers it. We have the gear, right, the settings. We went and shot all of our clips. Um, but there's one thing we need to do before we get to editing, and that is create the thumbnail. One of the biggest things people miss on YouTube is being like, oh, shoot, I'm just going to pull a clip out of the video for the thumbnail. Um, I recommend actually shooting specific thumbnail photography and then... Uh, I've got some tips in Photoshop for editing your thumbnail. So that's part two of this video. If you want to watch that, click this after YouTube card, or we'll link to the entire series in the description below. In part three, I'm going to go through how I edit this video. And then in part four, we'll talk about the best export settings and actually getting it uploaded onto YouTube. So check out the whole series. And remember, you can actually download um, a complete gear guide with other tutorials, tips, for smartphone accessories, not just the Canon M50, but all kinds of different cameras we recommend here at Think Media. Grab that for free at thinkgearguide.com. Now, let's jump into some questions from part one in the series from the Think Media community. So Sarah asks, what are some shortcuts to make the filming process quicker and more efficient? I think there's a couple tips that I have, and the first one is outline your videos. You know, prior planning prevents poor performance. Like, the more you plan out your content ahead of time, the better it goes when you're filming it. I think also just having a checklist for your process. And throughout this entire mega video, there's going to be a mega list of videos and resources in the description below. One of the top videos I have is on my YouTube checklist where I talk about batching. I try to shoot more than one video at once. I try to shoot two, three, four in a day. And so I have a couple of shirt changes. I've outlined all those videos. I make sure the batteries are charged, all those kinds of tips. And so if you want to learn more about that, Sarah, check out that checklist video in the resource guide. And thanks so much for the question. Dave asks, do I really need 4K or am I okay with 1080p? Because my PC struggles a lot editing 4K clips. Well, two thoughts, Dave. The first one is I think 1080p is still fine. I mean, we're shooting this video in 1080p. Secondly, new information has come out that going into 2020, here in America, over 50% of homes now have a 4K TV in their home. You know, most of our smartphones have 4K resolution, even though they're a smaller screen. And so 4K is becoming more mainstream. Do I think you need it? No. I agree with you as well. It's harder to edit. It takes up more space on your computer. It can be a hassle. 
but if you really want to future-proof, then it may be something you either want to invest in now or at least start thinking about and steering your content and your strategy towards for the future. James asks, can you do a little more on the custom settings for the M50? My first efforts with it were horrible. Well, James, first of all, no matter what camera you're shooting with, if you're watching this video, you got to give yourself patience. Your first videos, they're going to be your worst videos. And yes, we actually have a video where Omar on the Think Media team broke down some deeper custom settings for the M50, so we'll put that in the resource guide. Mtech Accessories asks, are you using a Tackstar microphone? Yes, for the M50 setup and the shotgun microphone that I talk about in the video we just watched, it is a Tackstar, great microphone that won't break the bank. Kath asks, how do you let your voice get heard on this overpopulated platform called YouTube? Great question, and not really the topic of this video, but what I'd recommend is our free YouTube masterclass. It's actually at thinkmasterclass.com, and I actually have a little spot that you can watch about it right now. Are you ready to start or grow your YouTube channel? Do you feel stuck and need help connecting the dots? Join this free web class where you'll learn the step-by-step -step playbook for YouTube success. We've helped thousands of purpose-driven entrepreneurs just like you grow their influencer video. Register today for this exclusive training at thinkmasterclass.com. Next question. Mike asks, when creating tutorials, is it best to shoot a short intro on what you're going to be doing in the video, or should you just get straight to the tutorial? Would it be beneficial to upload two versions, one with an intro and one without? So I would recommend, actually, these days here on Think Media, we're trying to get to the point quicker. You know, attention spans are getting shorter and shorter on YouTube. So if you do just dive straight into it, it's a lot of time what people are looking for. Maybe they know the title and the thumbnail has described the content. You can just get into it quickly. However, it is also good to give some sort of an intro, set the context of the video, and eventually you might want to introduce yourself. So my tips here, Mike, is to experiment, number one. Get to the point as quick as possible, whatever that means for you, and don't upload two versions. I think that would just kind of be weird for your subscribers to have the same video, two nice. different versions. What I would do is test different styles of videos, see which one performs best, and then double down on what's working. Jerome asks, is it necessary to always upgrade to a professional camera when making YouTube videos, or is there no problem from recording from your mobile device? I find it a lot easier and less time-consuming editing from your mobile phone. Well, Jerome, it's a great point that you make here, and I have two thoughts. The first one is the best camera to start with is always the camera that you already have, which is probably your smartphone. And I know we're talking about the Canon M50 in this mega video, but a smartphone is a great way to get started. In fact, we have a four-part series here on Think Media where Heather breaks down how to shoot, edit, and upload just with your phone. So we'll make sure to link that up in the resource guide. From my perspective, one of the reasons why I like using a separate camera is number one, I don't like filling my phone with data. I mean, I already have 16 pictures and videos and Instagram stories as it is. So I like capturing to an SD card and keeping it clean so I can shoot the footage, capture it in a laptop or a computer, have editing be quick, and keep the content separate than the content that's on my phone. Number two, if I'm gonna vlog at all, the front-facing camera on our phones is typically not as good as the forward-facing camera. Like, especially like on the newer iPhones or whatever, these cameras are amazing. The selfie camera is okay, but in video mode, it's not the best. Still perfectly fine for YouTube, 
but there's just something powerful about, I think, a separate camera that can get you good quality, that has a nice selfie screen, you can capture it on an SD card and have a separate workflow, and then have your phone be a separate part of that content process. But here's the deal. Always start with the camera that you have, and in no way think that your camera is going to limit you from success on YouTube. In fact, the rest of this video is still going to help you shoot thumbnails and edit, and you can do all of that just editing with the content that a smartphone or an iPad or something like that creates. So the best camera to have is always the camera you do have. Punch here in the face and get started. John asked, I'm curious whether the cameras you recommended have clean HDMI outputs. Now, for context, this is in case you would want to use a Canon M50 or an SL2, a 90D, a Sony camera for live streaming. You want to use the HDMI port, plug it into your computer, and live stream to YouTube or Twitch. So it's a great question. I bought an SL2 before I even knew what a clean HDMI output was. I knew I wanted to expand the streaming, but I just didn't have all the information I needed. So I just ordered an SL3 for that feature. Going to be streaming at an event on Wednesday as a test driver of my setup. I love the question, John. Here's my best recommendation. There is a really cool device called the CamLink by Elgato, and there's a CamLink 4K by Elgato. It's a little device that plugs right into your USB port and then allows you to plug in an HDMI cable to capture a camera like the SL2, A6400, Sony, Panasonic, whatever brand, into that HDMI input. The reason you want a clean HDMI output is because if it's not clean, then maybe on the screen when you're live streaming, would it say like 999 photos, it'd show you the battery meter, it'd show you like brackets, it wouldn't be a clean image. And there's a few other issues that come up as well. Does it have unlimited record time or can the power stay on continuously? Because if you're live streaming off of a camera to your computer and the battery dies in the middle and you can't like plug it into a wall or get an external battery or anything like that, again, the camera's not gonna be ideal for live streaming. So if that's one of the priorities for you, go to the CamLink website. I'll link exactly to the page in the resource guide of the CamLink recommended cameras with clean HDMI outputs. And then you can predetermine if your camera will be ideal for streaming. For example, the M50 works, but it actually has some issues if you don't use third-party software. So if live streaming is a priority for you, definitely check out that page first before you invest in a camera. Martin asks, Aloha from Honolulu, Hawaii. I've got a question. I'm still debating on what camera I should get for vlogging, the M50 or the A6400. What is the best microphone solution for the Sony A6400? Thank you very much. I appreciate the question, Martin. I still think that in 2020 and beyond, those are still two of the top cameras on the market. The M50, for definitely more budget, you can get these things refurbished off the Canon website for around $470 now. It's pretty crazy. That comes with a one-year warranty. And then the A6400 is just going to be a bigger investment. I think now the A6100 by Sony is a more accurate comparison feature for feature to the M50, and even that's a little bit more expensive. It basically comes down to this, Martin. When you invest in Sony, you're going to pay more for the lenses if you get that wide vlogging lens. You're going to pay more for the body when you're investing in that, but you're also going to get 4K and be a little bit more future-proof. I think the M50 is still great. That's why it's the main camera this series is based on. And so definitely check out the resource guide, um, and we'll link to our main comparison of those two cameras. The decision's up to you. Here's the thing. 
in both cases, you're going to probably have everything that you want. Unless, of course, you really want to go deep in 4K, then it's definitely going to be Sony that I'd recommend. Okay, we're going to be answering some more questions in just a second after part two in the series, which is all about thumbnails. But if you're getting value so far, smash the like button. And now, in this next section of the mega video, we're going to talk all about shooting thumbnails from a photography standpoint and then editing them step by step in Adobe Photoshop. So let's just jump right into it. When it comes to getting views and growing your YouTube channel, thumbnails are a huge deal. So in this video, I'm going to be sharing a few tips from my thumbnail process. And we're going to be covering the actual photography of shooting the thumbnails. Now we're going to take them over to Photoshop and just go through some basics about making your thumbnails pop more so people click on them so you can get more views on your videos. All of that's coming up right now. What's up? Sean Cannell here with Think Media, bringing you the best tips and tools for building your influence with online video. And we're actually in a four-part series all about how to produce YouTube videos that get more views. In part one, we covered how to shoot a YouTube video. And I just finished up shooting with the Canon M50 here, a tutorial that if you missed that and you want to watch it, I'll link to it on the YouTube card and put a link to it in the description below. And really, it's something you can follow along with with any DSLR or mirrorless camera. But before we get to editing, which will be part three, we need to create our thumbnail. And the reason we have a dedicated video just for thumbnails is because it's that big of a deal. Now, one of the biggest mistakes people make, I think, is they forget to actually shoot intentional thumbnails. They Have you ever done that before? Let me know in the comments. You like finish up editing and then you go, oh shoot, what should the thumbnail be? And you look for a screenshot. I recommend shooting intentional photos that you think about what are my emotions on my face? What am I doing in the image? What would people want to click on? And so let's just dive into it right now. All right, now I should mention that if you want to watch the final video from this tutorial series, it's over on my Sean Cannell channel. And what, what it's all about is a home office walkthrough with some home office decor ideas. And so what I want in the thumbnail is some way to show that off. And so what is cool about if you're shooting thumbnails by yourself, I recommend having a tripod and using the camera timer and maybe you put yourself in front of like a simple background or whatnot and start the timer you could also use the app so if you use your phone you can fire off photos from your camera in case you're creating as a solo creator and you need to go shoot your own thumbnails in this case i'm going to put this in kind of a selfie mode so i've got my joby 3k on here and we are actually going to set this in aperture priority which is going to focus on the aperture that's going to be at as low as it can go f4 because the 10 to 22 lens that's as low as it can go and then on top of that we're just going to pretty much do iso auto because that'll get the lighting perfect and um, i'm going to go to the queue here go to the timer and just put it on the selfie timer two seconds you know 10 would be fine but that's a long time to wait so it's nice that the m50 has this two second timer and then I'm going to, with the flip screen here, be able to compose the shot. And so, as it is a home office tour, I'm going to be thinking about where am I looking? I want to make sure I'm looking at the lens, not the selfie screen. Um, or maybe I want to look to the left or the right. So, when it comes to thumbnails, one of the biggest things I think about is emotion. A couple tips on thumbnails. Usually, people in the thumbnails is stronger. On YouTube, tests have shown that if you see people's eyes, you see emotions on their face, it can really pull you in. Now, 
that gets exaggerated, and we've all seen those really bright thumbnails with crazy faces, but I think there's something to it. So always include your own style. So my goal here would be to uh, think about where am I in the shot and think about kind of the background of the office here. And then all I got to do to start firing off some photos is uh, do that two-second timer. It's got the crispy photo on there. Now, another tip here is shoot multiple photos. For big videos that are very important to us, sometimes we even shoot photos in different places, like maybe I want to shoot one out there or here. I think this is going to be perfect for this particular scene. Uh, additionally, if you want to keep things simple, just having your camera set to a, a JPEG um, image, which is your most basic type of image, is fine. And basically, you're going to be able to use the photo right out of the camera. Sure, you can make some edits to it. But because um, I've got the Adobe Creative Cloud, which I highly recommend as you evolve in your journey, I use Lightroom, Photoshop, Adobe Audition for audio, and Adobe Premiere for video editing, and then After Effects if needed for motion graphics, but I usually don't take it that far. And so all of that comes in the Adobe Creative Cloud. If you actually want to do a trial, I'll throw a link to it in the description below. You can, I think, try it out free for a few days. And um, what's cool about that, though, is I want to make sure I shoot in raw, and that way, if, if the image is too dark or I want to change the white balance, it just gives me a lot more flexibility later. So that's another setting I have it on. I'm actually shooting large JPEGs, and I'm shooting um, RAW as well. So it says that's the large JPEG right there, and then you've also got RAW. This new one is actually a Canon Creative RAW. That'd be good, too, if you've got your Lightroom or your Photoshop updated. Again, to keep it simple, don't even worry about this. But if you want the best you know, quality possible, I've got it to RAW. So now let me shoot a couple different versions. I'd like to probably shoot 6 to 12 photos because you can always delete them. But once you're sitting down later to edit and you're like, you know, it's dark out and the light's all gone, and you're like, crap, I, it's, I don't really have any good options, I've never regretted overshooting. So let's get a couple more right now. All right. Nice, clean light. I like it with the eyes looking over. I can always crop the image. Last thing I'm going to do here as we get towards our, you know, we're shooting about 12 different photos is I want to actually really go rule of thirds. And so when I think about shot composition, there's all these nice posters over here. Over here is the chair and some other clutter. So what I'm going to do is get my focus right and then kind of shift the shot so it shows off the office. So basically, I'm framing myself up behind the, all this stuff I don't want to see. I love the camera lenses over there. I always like to put myself as close to the edge of the thumbnail as possible, really thinking about the framing. And again, I don't mind having options. So here we go. Let's just do one final one. Okay, so we shot our thumbnails on the M50. So now let's pop the SD card out and capture those files. Okay, now that our files are captured, let's look through our options and then we'll pull them into Photoshop. And so here's the full shoot. I can open these up and then kind of click through. That one's a little bit out of focus and that's why it's nice to shoot multiple, right? You have different options that you can go through. Look for the one that you ultimately want to use. Um, I really like this one. I kind of would crop it right through here. So maybe we'll go with that. But let's look through these other ones. And remember, by having lots of thumbnail options, you can potentially get like that perfect emotion or facial expression that you want. I really like the eyes looking because it directs attention 
to maybe some words that we can put on here. So let's go with this one. It's 8828. This raw file, drag, drag this over here to Photoshop. And perfect. Loving this photo. And now I've got camera raw settings, which again, when you shoot in raw, you're going to be able to have more kind of micro adjustments to maybe, I actually kind of want the background to be a little bit darker because it's all about emphasizing, um, you know, me for a thumbnail. The face really matters. The eyes matter. You can include the eyes, have those. They've just, there's just been studies done that have shown that um, eyes and human faces perform really well in thumbnails. So this photo is looking pretty great right as is. And uh, of course, we can do a lot of adjustments and things to it, but I think we're pretty good to go with it um, the way it is. So what I'm going to do is actually press Control-J. I'm using a PC that duplicates the layer, and so that I can change our canvas size. And this is going to allow me to um, go to the exact thumbnail size of a 1080 thumbnail. And so 1920 by 1080 is the resolution. If I click over here, I'm going to hold Shift to maintain the resolution while I do this or maintain the, the image doesn't get stretched weird. Control plus to zoom in. And this gives me the ability to sort of adjust the image inside of the frame that will go on YouTube. And kind of got those cameras behind me. I don't know if anyone would notice what those are. So those might those lenses might be unnecessary. The main thing people are going to maybe see is this kind of cool light. And all right, so we've got that. And next thing I want to do is add some text here. Now, the title of this video, I like planning ahead. If you research before you press record, is going to be 10 cool home office design ideas. But I, one mistake people make is trying to include every single word in their title and their thumbnail. You don't need all of them, but sometimes it's nice to put some words in your thumbnail. So I'm using the text tool, and I'm going to go with uh, one of my favorite fonts, which is Helvetica, uh, Helvetica New, and then there's lots of niche fonts inside of there. So I'm going to go Helvetica New Black Italic. That's one of my favorites. Perfect. Okay. So let's do that. Change that over to white. <coughs> Got my toolbar here. Let's zoom in on our Photoshop. Word. There's the white rectangle below it. I can uh, tilt that, grab the end 
shrink down my um, the box around it. Perfect. Cool office. And then finally, we'll go ideas. So same thing, right? The full video title in this case is going to be 10 home office design ideas, but you don't need to repeat every single word. So it's just what is the main thing people are looking for? They're looking for home office stuff. I uh, duplicated my white box. I'm going to switch it back to black now. I think I did that actually twice. So I'm going to delete one of those layers. Control bracket to lower that layer down. Delete one of those extra rectangles. Perfect. So now I, ideas has got some emphasis. And, you know, your style, I encourage you, of course, to always have your own style. And not that my style is right or wrong, but one priority that I have is clarity. Like, I really believe online that if you confuse, you lose. And so I want, um, I like simple fonts. I like readable fonts. Sometimes the things get kind of more too cursive, too comic sans. They just are hard to read. And so um, you want, I like clarity over, over being clever or being kind of even cool, right? So just nice and simple, right? So we've got cool home office ideas. I still got my layer here. If I want to move me a little bit over here, whatever, I'm looking right at the ideas. And beyond that, we're pretty much done. But there's a few things that I also like to do. I do realize that, think about your thumbnail when it's online. Sometimes the title is over top. So if you can move text away from the edges, that helps. Also avoid putting text in the lower right-hand corner because that's where the time code is on YouTube, right? Just thinking through those best practices. My final thing that I like to do, I'm going to put a layer right above my photo, and it's going to be levels. And levels gives me three sliders over here on the right that will really see I can make the image brighter. And I can also pull it from this side and make it much more contrasty and make it kind of darker. So what I like to do is really get the thumbnail to pop. Something with uh, when it comes to thumbnails that people have studied is that you usually want to go a little bit of extra saturation. I can do another adjustment layer for that. I could go... Um, vibrance on here, and I could add a little bit more vibrance. It's going to make it a little extra, maybe more than you would normally do if you wanted your skin tone to be more matte and natural. But again, a thumbnail is so small, you want it to pop. So that's a little bit of extra vibrance and saturation. The levels can kind of pull it up a little brighter. But if you want the background to be a little bit darker, kind of. And uh, we're pretty much we're pretty much there. Sometimes this is a little bit more advanced. This is kind of just a beginner's thumbnail uh, tutorial, and I encourage you, you know, check out uh, some training links in the description below if you want to go deep in Photoshop and really master it. But one of the things I like to do, I'm going to add a blank layer here, and I'm going to use the gradient tool, make sure my gradient's on black, and so it is. And so if I drag from here, I can do an, a gradient just like that. That makes it... Um, Opacity, opacity here to come down and just sort of even darken that edge so maybe this stuff pops more cool home office ideas. But at some point, you could endlessly tweak, right, the details of, of something like this. So I think that um, really we're good to go and that this should be a super solid thumbnail. So now our final step here is to just go File, Save As, and in our final format, what I like to do is I keep everything organized on Dropbox um, by month. And that way we can, um, I can get to it easy from my phone and, and whatever else. But what I really like to do is save the PSD so I can always reopen it and edit it later if I need to. So I might tile out, you know, 10 cool home office 
ideas. And then I save that Photoshop file in case I want to open it later to reuse it. And then I'm going to say save as JPEG. And that is the exact file that we will upload later to YouTube as our thumbnail. Okay, so a few other things you need to know about thumbnails. And the first is, again, if you want to use Photoshop, I understand this was not like a super exhaustive tutorial on Photoshop. There are free ones of those on YouTube, or you can check out a site like Linda. So I definitely recommend skilling up if you want to use Photoshop. But I think that some of the concepts can be applied here. Also, we'll be covering more uh, thumbnail tutorials in the future here on Think Media because we shoot them definitely outdoors, different variety, whether you're shooting by yourself or you have someone helping you. So look forward to those videos in the future and make sure you're subscribed. Also, if you've been getting value of this video, can you smash the like button? And here's what is next. Um, the next video is now about editing. In part one, we shot all the footage with the M50. In part two, this video, it's all about getting the right photography and editing up your thumbnail. But then in part three, I'm now going to edit the footage that I shot into our final video. This is all going into a video that you can watch on my Sean Cannell channel so you can see the final product. So I'll link to that on the YouTube card and put it in the description below. And then, of course, in part four, we're going to be talking about exporting it with the best settings for YouTube, helping walk you through the concept of completion for creating content with whatever camera you have, but especially if you have the M50. Okay. Hey, if you're still in the mega video, let me know in the comments section below. We just finished up part two, all about thumbnails, and now I want to take the top questions from the Think Media community. And the first one comes from Zach Uri asking, I'm not sure that mine do the best job captivating. My question is, how can I figure that out if I think that they're good? And you're, you're right, Zachary. Sometimes we need to get feedback when it comes to our thumbnails. And so a couple tips. I actually like to design at least two thumbnails for each video, if possible, like two options, and then share those on social media. So a lot of times I'll post on Twitter thumbnail one or two. And if you're followed by 10 people or 100 people, or maybe you have more people on Instagram, just ask people which one they would click on first or which one stands out better. And that can help you narrow down what people would actually click on. Because, you know, when we're just creating content by ourselves, it's hard to get feedback. My friend Jeremy also has a thumbnail Facebook group. And every week he says, hey, post your thumbnails where people can uh, give each other feedback on thumbnails. So I'll make sure all of this stuff is in the resource guide that I put in the description below. And... Other than that, I think keep testing and try to get as much feedback as possible from your audience. The last tip is it's all about click-through rate. At the end of the day, YouTube in your studio beta analytics will actually show you the click-through rate of your videos. Now, a lot of things actually go into determining that from the title to the topic itself. The thumbnail is a big determining factor of whether or not your videos are going to get clicked on. So make sure to uh, study your analytics and, of course, subscribe here on Think Media for more tips about growing your YouTube channel in the future. Tim asks, what size should it be? I make all my thumbnails in 1920 by 1080 resolution. That's a standard 1080p resolution. I do that for a couple reasons. Last time I checked, it's what YouTube recommends. If you want to be future-proof, you could design your thumbnails in 4K, but there is a size limit on the file size where YouTube will reject your thumbnails, so 1080p seems to be good. And I also don't like to do smaller than that. A lot of people would do like a 720 resolution, but I want to be as future-proof as possible and use those same files 
to share on Twitter, to share on Facebook, to keep archived on my computer so I can use them later and have them in their highest quality possible. So 1920 by 1080 resolution. Daniel asks, how do you determine the right style and thumbnail for your videos and channel? It's a great question. I think a couple of things come into play. Number one, what is your preferred branding? You know what I mean? Like if you think about it, a lot of times people just copy other people on YouTube and they're just influenced by their style. But if you want to be different, like do you want your branding to be clean and modern? Do you want it to be chic and stand out? Do you want it to be uh, very hip and cool? Or do you want it to be cartoony and kind of you know, gamerish and futuristic? Think about your branding, not just for your thumbnails, but for your channel overall. Secondly, if you do want to kind of ride the trends, ask yourself, what are other people doing in your industry that are winning? Like, what are the top-ranked videos? What do their thumbnails look like? If you're in fitness, what do the top-ranked thumbnails look like for fitness? If you're in cooking, what do the top-ranked thumbnails look like when you search certain search terms and you get ideas from the videos that are performing well? You can take a few clues that maybe your thumbnails should be similar to those videos. However, it's sometimes smart to do something different than what everybody else is doing so that you stand out. And then the last tip is just to test. You know what I mean? I think it's a combination of testing what your branding is mixed with what's working and what's getting the best click-through rate. You know, here at Think Media, we've been evolving our thumbnails a little bit. We're doing less text lately. We're doing more cameras and less people in the thumbnails, but we're testing, you know? I can't even say that that's better than the past. We don't have all the data yet, but I think keep it fresh, always try something new, and don't forget to test and double down on what's working. My man Jaden asks, how do you add colors around your face? How do you add cool colors when you make thumbnails around camera tips? Just generally, how do you make your thumbnails have color, it sounds like? Well, besides the tutorial that I just shared, which was kind of a one-on-one basic going through Photoshop type of a tutorial. I have another video that's a little bit older, but it actually talks about how to use free software on Canva.com. And there's a paid version too, but I'm pretty sure you can do at least a trial or use limited features in the free version. I'll link that video in the resource guide. And it's hard to explain in a Q&A like this. I think there, in some of our advanced trainings that we have in our members areas and whatnot, I do have some deeper dives of how exactly I make the thumbnails of video influencers and think media. I still do all of that thumbnail design myself. And so my biggest tip, if you want to go into that kind of stuff, would be to learn Photoshop at another level. I think it's the most powerful software, and you could use something like LinkedIn Learning. You can watch free YouTube videos about it. You can look at other Photoshop tutorials or a mini course on Photoshop, Skillshare, and I'll put some resources in the resource guide of things like that. If you go through a couple, you know, take a weekend or take a couple weekends to really go deep in Skillshare or LinkedIn learning on Photoshop, and then you're going to have the skills needed to not just design powerful thumbnails, but to also design powerful graphics for your business overall. As content creators, come on, we need to be so doing social media, graphics for our email newsletters maybe, graphics for our websites, and some of you as business owners are going to hire that out. But some of you, that's a skill that you're going to want to learn. So either invest in the training to learn it. If you want to go deeper in some of our stuff, of course, we'll have information in the resource guide. And other than that, check out that free Canva tutorial. Because remember, 
done is better than perfect, so keep it simple and get your thumbnails out. Little Sparrow Redbreast asks, text or no text? And that's the ultimate thumbnail question. And I'd say a couple things. First of all, in my opinion, design aesthetics matter. So if you are using text or not, don't use too much text. Don't pack the thumbnail so that's unreadable. Don't use fonts that are hard to read or confusing or that just disappear on the background. Don't restate your title in text on your thumbnail. But if you are going to use text, use as few words as possible. I like to use under five if possible, if not just one, two, or three, like some kind of a emphasized type of a thing. And then I'll also say that lately I've been trying to use no text. Of course, you can look at someone like a Peter McKinnon who's like famous for these beautiful thumbnails, no text, and he uses his title to tell the story. Alternatively, you need to study your niche because again, look at the top performing videos in your particular channel topic. Sometimes text is very important because if you're doing a tutorial or a workout or some a cooking video, that maybe the, the text on the thumbnail is actually going to be instructive or help bring clarity to what someone's about to watch. It has less to do with aesthetics and more to do with practicality. I think these are some of the things to consider. And then last of all, test everything. I think that's what we're doing here on Think Media. We experiment, we test, we want to find a design aesthetic that works with also a practicality and something that gets results. And so we're always testing and we're always experimenting with both, my little red sparrow friend. Save Jesse Crouch Crew asks, I just started doing this. Would there be any benefits going backwards and adding thumbnails or updating the thumbnails to older videos as well? I do think there's benefit to this. When I was partway into my journey in media, I had some early videos that were pretty good content, and the thumbnails, I just didn't put any energy into them at all. So once my design skills up-leveled a bit, and I wanted to kind of refresh the videos, I took like a Saturday morning, and I just went back, and I updated my best videos. I didn't do my whole library. I think that might be wasted energy, but there was a few that I wanted to not only update, but then I re-promoted them because then I had a new thumbnail, which gave me a new graphic to share on Facebook, to share on Twitter and say, hey, go check out this video. The video might have been two, three years old, but now it kind of had a fresh look to it with the new thumbnail. And that also gives it a chance to rank and perform more in the future because thumbnails are a big deal. If you can get people to click and watch your videos and increase that click-through rate and that average view duration and all of those important YouTube metrics in 2020 and beyond, it can be a game changer for your YouTube channel. So Ben asks, letting go of perfectionism is the hardest part for me. If you change a thumbnail later on down the road, does it affect analytics? Well, Ben, I love the question. First of all, I can totally relate. I mean, there are some days, some nights where I spend probably way too much time overanalyzing my thumbnails. I keep tweaking them, I keep testing them, I change them, I lay in bed and I think, I wonder if I should have done it a different color or if the logo should have been bigger. And then I like sometimes will get up and change it more. At some point, Ben, you have to just let it go. Frozen 2, I don't think that song's in the movie. Let it go and release it to the world. Just put it out there. Now, is there benefit to changing the thumbnail down the road? There can be. And there's two things here. Number one, it won't affect your analytics or it won't affect the algorithm. YouTube won't really know the difference. What they will know is if it gets more click-through rate on it, if it gets better engagement. And so friends of mine that really want their videos to perform well will test and look at their analytics after three, four, five days, see if their click-through rate is something they're happy with, and then they will go back and change the thumbnail 
if they think it could be improved. I never do that. I, at some point, make it as good as I possibly can, release it to the world, and then think about the next video. I really believe that for a lot of us, it's your next video that's going to be your best video, not worrying about over-optimizing your past videos. I don't know. If you did this face instead of that face, you'll kind of never know at some point. Forward <laughs> action and massive action is always where the action is. And so, yeah, do it as good as you can and then um, put it out there in the world and on to the next video. Jay asks, I think I make an okay thumbnail for my videos. What would you say is the one element that can take it to the next level to be suggested by YouTube? Jay, the top elements for me are, number one, it's got to stand out. Now, that might seem obvious, but I mean, it literally needs to pop off the page in some way. If the colors are dull, if it's messy, if the image... <laughs> If the story the image is telling is undiscernible, like it's just kind of confusing, then it's not going to work. What you want is it to leap off the page. So one thing to consider is also if you're trying to like rank for a video, you want your video to probably be different than the other videos or just in some way unique so that it leaps off the page. If you said, what's the one element? Well, there's a few. I think color is a big deal. It doesn't have to be crazy rainbow colors like some YouTube, you know, just super bright and crazy. But I think some pop of color helps it stand out. We've also learned that emotion really helps it stand out. And I know as YouTubers, we're, a lot of times we can go extreme and we're like, eh, with our faces. And, and then people just imitate that. And I'm guilty of that as well. But there's science behind it. People respond to emotion. Just no emotion at all gets less clicks. If you're happy or sad or confused or suspicious or there's drama, and you do the scared face, and then you talk about the coming doom and gloom, because drama is popular and drama gets clicks, then you tie in all those elements together, and those can make your thumbnails much more powerful. So I think emotion, I think color, and then I think clarity. At the end of the day, I think that less is more on thumbnails. If we, get, if we try to get too many words, too many things, if, you know, I try to think about ways to tell a story. If I want to say how to build a YouTube studio, I probably can't show the whole studio. You know what I mean? Because if it's too far zoomed out, unless it's a really clean shot, if it's too messy, if it's too busy, if you confuse, you lose. <laughs> so how can it be colorful, have emotion, be very clickable, and how can you make sure it stays clear and tells the story that you want it to tell? This is a big challenge, Jay, but if you can pull that off, then you've got a winning thumbnail. Okay, so take a deep breath. You know, this YouTube thing is no joke. A lot of work goes into it, but YouTube is one of the most powerful platforms on the planet for getting your message out there, for building a life and a business on your own terms. And so learning this process and mastering shooting videos and creating content is a big deal. And so now we're going to be going into the third part of the series, which is all about editing, right? We've shot our video. We've shot the photography for our thumbnails. We've planned all that out. And now we're ready to take all of our footage, we're going to capture it on the computer, drop it in Adobe Premiere, and edit. And here's the thing. If you have some kind of a different video editing software, I think that you're still going to get a lot of insights out of the editing psychology, as well as if you want to use Adobe, that's what I use. I use the Adobe Creative Cloud. I use Photoshop and Adobe Premiere and Adobe Audition for audio, all under one roof, Lightroom for editing photos that I use for social media. And that's what our whole team uses as well. We buy different seats, and that way we're all able to be on the same software. And so we'll include links to all that kind of stuff 
in the resource guide. But now it's time to get into the third part of the series all about editing. So let's just jump right into it. Welcome to the Filmic channel. We are thrilled to announce that with the release of Filmic Pro version 6, so if you want to level up your content, editing is one of the best ways to do it. And in this video, I'm going to be going through a beginner tutorial on Adobe Premiere about how to edit a YouTube video. I'm also going to be sharing a few tips from my workflow and even some advanced insights. So let's just dive into it right now. What's up, Sean Cannell here with Think Media, bringing you the best tips and tools for building your influence with online video. And right now we're in the middle of a four-part video series all about how to shoot, do a thumbnail, edit, and then ultimately upload a YouTube video so you can put out better content, grow your channel faster, and get more views. And if you actually want to watch part one or two, in part one, we did a whole uh, video on shooting content with a Canon M50 or a similar DSLR or mirrorless camera. In video two, we talked all about getting the thumbnail ready, and we're already done with that. And now it's time to actually edit our video. And so that's what we're going to be doing right now in part three. If you missed out on the beginning of the series, I'll link it up on the YouTube card, as well as post a link to that playlist in the description below. But with that, let's dive right into how to edit a video in Adobe Premiere. All right, so step number one is take the SD card out of our camera, plug it into our card reader. In this case, I've got an extra long one plugged into my computer with this crazy cable, so I can just easily get to it. But whether you're on a laptop or you have a PC or some kind of a tower, you definitely need an SD card reader. Capture your footage, and right now I've already actually downloaded it into an external hard drive. And here's how I organize some of my files. I've got my footage folder. And this is all of the footage that I shot in video number one, including the A-roll and the B-roll. I've actually got the music folder, and we'll talk about that in a bit. The thumbnails, and we already created our thumbnail, but that's where I would save all the image files. And then I've actually got my intro bumper. Now, if you don't have one made, you don't need one, but this is just my little bumper for my Sean Cannell channel. And if you actually want to watch the final video, I'll link to that and post it in the description below as well. If you kind of want to see it either before or after, definitely check it out so you can see the final result. So what we're going to do is we have Adobe Premiere open. And if you've never used Adobe Premiere, it's a little bit more advanced, but I highly recommend it. So if you want to do a trial, I'll put a link to it in the description below. And I use Premiere for editing video, and then I use Photoshop to edit my thumbnails. And so we're going to do a new project here. And... We are going to name it, right? So this was a Sean Cannell uh, is the YouTube channel I'm posting this on, and it was a home office tour. So I'm going to do that. And we also, everything else here is pretty much good to go. And what's cool about Premiere lately is that it really will understand. In the past, you could select certain sequences and projects, and this might sound kind of crazy, but you'd have different frame rates, and you'd, you maybe need to know some technical details ahead of time. What's cool about Premiere now is you don't need to know those technical details. You can just drop your footage in, and it'll know how to interpret it for you. So here is the Premiere homepage. It says right over in the lower left, import media to start. That is our first step. Or we ultimately could drop the media right on the sequence uh, place here, and then that's going to fill in these windows up here um, with other content once we do that. So I'm actually going to select all of my clips and just drop them straight into the sequence because now, right now, it's importing all of our footage from um, what we shot with the Canon M50. 
All right, so now the footage is actually all in the timeline. Right now in the lower very left-hand corner, you can see that it's conforming the audio, which actually means that those waveforms are kind of showing up on here. So here's what I mean. If we want to make our two main kind of uh, visuals here a little larger, this is our first layer of video and audio. And here's what I want you to think about. Right now on the screen, we can see some of the preview footage. And if you remember in video number one, we talked about A-roll and B-roll. And so essentially, if this is your A-roll, which is your layer video number one here, maybe we want to pull in some B-roll. Here's all of our B-roll clips. But we don't need the audio on there, so I just unlink the audio. Now I've got that clip uh, released. So I could be talking in the A-roll here. But then it could show the B-roll while I'm talking. Does it make sense? So there's the B-roll clip. There's the A-roll clip. And I'm able to just drag and drop and move things all around here in the timeline. And so I'm actually going to delete this because of the order. And I'm going to uh, sort this by name to get all of the files in the order I shot them. Because they were in some kind of crazy order when I first dropped them into the sequence. So now when I take these all into the sequence, here's the cool thing. The main video should just be all the way through here until this is all the main video that I shot. Here's my outro. And what I'm doing on the timeline here is I'm using the hotkeys minus and plus to zoom in with plus, minus to zoom out. See that? So I can zoom into the edit. And so now if I actually go to here, this was all the B-roll clips. I'm going to move those off to the right. And here's the deal. I actually don't need any of the audio on these clips. And so... What I did is I right-clicked, I clicked Unlink, and so just to clean it up, which is the way I do it, is I just take in this waveform to delete all that audio. This is all B-roll clips. Make sense? So those will go in later, and what I'm going to do is start with the A-roll, the audio here. And so uh, I'll turn this up a little so you can hear it. And um, creating, all right, setting up your home office in a way that, all right, setting. Now, one of my biggest tips when it comes to editing is watching the audio. I've learned so much by being able to, obviously none of this matters, so I can just drag and hold and trim that clip down on the left um, because I'm restarting, I'm messing up. And it looks to me like I'm actually starting like right here. So let me see. Hey, what's up, Sean Cannell here. And in this video, I'm gonna be doing a home office tour with a bunch of cool home office design ideas, whether that's ergonomics and the various chairs and ways to, uh... all right, messed up again. So. Now I'm going to look at this one. If you're one. looking for some home office design ideas, you're going to love this video. Now check this out. There's a hotkey called L, and I realize this is a beginner tutorial, but you're kind of seeing inside of my workflow. So ways I go faster is pressing the L button to speed up. My name is Sean Cannell. I've been a full-time entrepreneur for over 20 years now, doing everything well before that, and working from a home office and listening to totally breaking down some of my favorite design and inspirational images, various posters and things like that, as well as my charging stations and a couple other cool features that I think will keep you some great ideas in your home office. Now... A tip there is having a strong hook in your videos, and that was the hook. That was the opener, right? So now I'm actually going to drop in from my file folder the bumper, and if you've got one of these created, what you can do is just have it start right after um, your intro ends. So in. Boom. So there's the intro. Very nice. And now I can cut into the video itself. And the main thing I do is I just work through from left to right, basically, on the edits. And I try to look at the waveform to see when I maybe got the intro right. So it looks like I, hey, what's up, I probably restarted. Hey, what's up, Sean? Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up, Sean? Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up, Sean? 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 Hey, what's
What's up, Sean Kendall here, and welcome to my channel, which is all about going further and faster in life. And we're just meeting, I'm actually a full-time entrepreneur that can take on level numbers around the community. Today, I wanted to meet uh, on an office tour, and I'm going to start right here in my main office. You know, we're sitting here at my desk. I've got a couple uh, monitors here, my triangle light. I'm sitting here, and uh, this is where the magic happens. And I actually have a whole video out um, all about uh, this type of setup. So if you want to check it out, I'll link to it in the description below. I'm going to help you start. Let's go through some of these. is I can right click in between and say ripple delete and then just boom bring it all back nice and clean so if we replay this for home office hey what's up Sean Kendall here and boom and now we're going into the actual video and so now you can see what I'm going to do is go through the rest of the edit of the A roll I'm going to be just trimming through all of the clips bringing them back and then we'll do B roll after that so when I think of home office this all right so one of the questions I get, so one of the huge priorities for me, so one of the huge, one of the big priorities for me, so one of the biggest, uh, so one of the big priorities for me in my, uh, so one of the big priorities for me in my home office is inspiration. I love inspiring quotes, motivational messages. I get a lot of questions about these kind of like posts on LinkedIn. So these are actually from startupandmarketing.com. I'll link to those. You guys can check them out. And so I kind of got that before up there. It's also shelves that have some other kind of inspirational messages that come out of there. And some of them as well. I follow up with pages that have this kind of sites. I also have a YouTube channel. I'm going to tell you guys about mine. It's only insane. It's so I'm going to do my YouTube channel. So one note, um, all right, now one of the tips we shared in the first video was when I'm in front of the video, I had the shotgun mic pointed at me, but when I got the behind the camera, I had the shotgun mic pointed back at me, but I was speaking like right into it. So the audio is a little bit louder. So what we're going to do here in Premiere is I'm just going to go audio gain minus three for now, and that'll let us go a little bit more quiet. All right, so now let's check out the bookshelf. Now all this furniture is from Ikea. I got all this from Ikea. I got my uh, desk over here from Ikea. We moved to Vegas a few years back and found the ultimate craziness deal. And I got all of this stuff for, I want to say, like 600 bucks or something just ridiculous, this little guy. And so that's kind of all the furniture. Um, but over here, that's also an Ikea bookshelf. So you can see, I think I'm lifelong readers or lifelong learners. I read a lot of books. I love always leveling up and working on myself. And then, you know, just various decor ideas. This is from a South Africa trip. Uh, another thing that I love is actually having atmosphere. A lot of plans that possible have them be real. So you got 
supplements around here. Got some up here as well. This guy right here, by the way, is the influencer coming back. Oh, sure, just made custom online. That's the video influencer tagline. Got the Kajabi pins for uh, being in the one million club and hitting a couple targets in our business. Super pumped about those. And some other, you know, um, and some other, uh, and then uh, about those. And some other, you know, uh, even some more vibes. We got a little, uh, and then even some more vibes. Got the doTERRA. Next up, all right. Next up for design ideas, let's talk about light. I think hitting a couple targets in our business, super pumped about those. Next up for design ideas, let's talk about light. I think that especially when you're doing content, I got a lot of light. And also light helps you stay energized and working. So over here, I've got kind of like a LED light coming on, change colors, got a couple of bright phones over the other side. We'll have idea light there. I'm gonna put that one on. I'm actually working on this right here. I'm working on right here, I got a little light there. And I've also installed a couple lights. I'm just pumped up. I mean, nothing really fancy, obviously, you know, the people, you guys are here on remote. And so when I'm live streaming at the desk, we're actually gonna shoot videos in front of the desk. Like if there's like a background, So as we're getting through this, a couple things to know. I'm cutting a lot of things out. I'm also trimming restatement of some things. I mean, I notice that I keep rambling on and on, and I think, how far back can I go? Can I just, like, if I can cut it, like, if it doesn't add to the story, you might as well cut it out. So um, I'm trying to be, videos should be as long as they need to be, but as short as possible. So always look for ways to slim them down um, and to try to honor people's time when it comes to the viewer. Then let's talk about power. And then let's just talk about power. And then let's talk about power. Now, now I actually am a power. Now for the modern entrepreneur content creator, let's talk. Now another cool idea is One of uh, the hotkey I'm using is spacebar to stop and spacebar. The hot uh, one of the hotkeys that I'm using is spacebar to start and stop the video, so I can do spacebar L to speed up and plus and minus to zoom in and out on the video. Now another cool idea is now another cool idea for the modern entrepreneur is power supplies. This one. Now another cool idea for the modern entrepreneur and content creator is power supplies. This one right here, I've got plenty of outlets that I can get on top of my desk, as well as USB ports. This is a cool one for coffee. Get a quick charge uh, for my iPhone right there. But you're gonna find those all over um, the office here. And there's another one over here, coffee, the same one. And so I'll use this oftentimes as a place where I can charge stuff. And uh, but now, stuff. And uh, but now, uh, but now, let's look at a couple other cool areas that I love about this office here. And the first one is, of course, the but now let's check out a few other areas. Couple, a couple other of a, a few of a, a few of my other favorite spots from this off. A few of my other favorite spots from this office before we head out into the loft. A few of my other favorite spots from this office before we head out into the loft is the lens and camera wall. Like being a tech reviewer, camera fanatic, and just having done this for so long, I brought up you know I built quite the I built quite the collection because you know I built quite the I you know I built quite. The, Quite the collection of cameras and lenses, and so those all stay organized there. And then I'm also 
idea is head from architect. So this guy right in here just screwed it into the wood desk. And I've got kind of my in-ears that I use for lighting and uh, the TV for moving through the headphones. Another cool another cool organization idea is head from headphones. So this guy right here just screwed into the wood desk. I've got kind of my in-ears that I use for lighting and uh, the TV for moving through the headphones. But they're also head from places where we go. So for a quick update, you can see on our timeline here, we have basically from the intro, we have from the hook, we have the intro right there, and we've gone through all of this editing so far. Now, at this point in the video, I kind of make a, a joke about this little plant. So what I'm going to do is add a bars intel. This is going to add, um, so that it goes into my project files right over here. I can drag it in here. This is my favorite way to add like a quick comedy beep, and uh, this is just built right into Premiere. See that? So, and then right after I say succulent, essentially, that's a nice succulent beep. And then it kind of resets attention, a little bit of humor. My goodness, delete all that. That's a nice succulent comic beep. Got that? All right, we'll keep going. It's just a little, uh, all right, so, so that concludes this office, comments. all right, so that concludes this office, but now let's head out to the loft, and so this is how you use the home bedroom here for a second story, and it's a very standard loft idea, now I'll let you use it over here, working two columns of the perfect comedy beat, we'll head out into the, okay, so that concludes the main, all right, so that concludes the main office, but we're really just getting started, so now it's time to head out into the this whole thing is based on the second story of uh, our spot here, so uh, everybody's taking kind of downstairs, but mostly upstairs. We need to kind of this huge extension over the playground, just constantly building up content using like everything. And then we've got more books and success. We have Magnolia Business Entrepreneurship, and Build It Decor, and Student Life Someone, and Everybody Wants to Build. Study Answers, Friday Night Market, and Back Out Decor. And I'm in this main area right here, and I think I'm thinking of a sense. So you can see that I'm going to set the house and 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 I'm going to set the house
going, go check out the board of the office. You of uh, but uh, but now let's check out like that. Uh, but now let's check out. But let's keep going and check out some more of the office. So if there was one favorite feature, be this Marshall. If you were to ask me about one of my favorite features of this whole office, it would be this Marshall refrigerator. And in here, you're going to find a bunch of solar water, some kind of energy drinks and stuff, but pretty much all sparkling water. But a very cool feature. That is actually available on Amazon, and I would love it if there was a question about it, so definitely check that out if you want. Link in the description below. And speaking of charging stations, there's a power strip right there. There's actually one that is hidden right behind there that will be pulled out for lighting right here. And we got a little tower over here as well with the hockey. This is where a lot of the gear happens. And you know, it's super clean. Another headphone hook, cool deal there. Or the standing desk. We've got a little decor vibes uh, as well. Candle for the fragrance. And because it's propane. And, uh, but then over here, but then over here, it's all about, but then over here, it's all about the wire, uh, then over here, we always like to have like USB-C cables, all kind of all the different tools for whatever kind of. But then over here, it's all. But then over here, we always like to have like batteries. But then over here, we always like to have a battery charged up, power banks, USB-C cables, all kinds of different cables, all the different tools for whatever kind of console you need to create. And then over here, man, this is a work in progress. I'm super proud of this for the size table that is possible. Whether that's gear to review, uh, gear to have review, different microphones. This is kind of the tech that we want. That right here is the instructions on how to record the shot videos. That's what we're gonna take you through. And then once this is over here, we'll record. Speaking of charging stations, there's a power strip right there uh, as well. Candle for the uh, as well. Candle for the fragrance, and because it's propane. But then over here we always like. But then over here we always like to have a battery charged up, power banks, USB-C cables, all kinds of cool grid that we got from uh, Urban Outfitters. This guy right here, gift from my mom, which is pretty cool. Hey, you got these. This right here is the dresser for the office. The same kind of tried to tie it all together. So we decorated this. My wife kind of gave it that uh, triangle vibes. And that kind of takes us. And that basically. All right. All right. And so, so far you've seen. And that kind of takes us. Right. And that kind of takes us. And so, so far you've seen. And not that. Same. But then over here, we always like to have batteries charged up, power banks, USB-C cables, all kinds of different cables, all different tools for my mom. And not that you ask, but this right here is the dresser for the office. The same kind of tried to tie it all together. So we decorated this. My wife kind of that triangle vibes. And so, so far, you've seen the bulk of the office over here in the loft. We've got all this gear set up. We've got here. We've got all kinds of different things. But plus, we have one other office I show you. This is our work product. Take a look at it. Alright, so let's check. Okay, so let's just check out the second office and uh, prepare yourself because this one is a work in progress. Right now, Kyle and Omar are uh, hiding away as I'm shooting this video. And uh, in here, we've got another standing desk. We've got some gear we're actually building out. Uh, podcast studio. We've got my king's clipboard board over here where I keep training. Even this room a lot with the storage in general. It's a very light space. It's kind of easy to review. But uh, we're working on getting some uh, paint, probably some stuff shelving, getting some podcast recording, getting some video streaming recording uh, ready for that office. So uh, that'll be coming in the future. And, uh, 
Alright, so a quick check in here. We basically have all of our A-roll, right? I told the story from beginning to end of walking people through the office tour. So now it's all laid out in the timeline up until this point. I did shoot the outro with a different lens, a little bit of a blurry background to kind of switch things up, just to show kind of the full use of the M50 as a kit. Hey, and so, so um, let me just cut to that outro. I think I can see it right on here. Hey, again, I'm looking at the, uh, at the wave file. You see how much I messed up, like one, two, or three times. And then eventually, I know that when I start, the last time is time I got it right, right? So I can always just get rid of the beginning of all that stuff. And then so thanks for coming along with me for a quick tour through the Virginia offices. And one thing that integrates the Oracle book project that makes it kind of super easy to use the remote to deliver the stuff back on super fast, right? I mean, and also, if you have questions about any of these home office things that I didn't cover or some of the back end stuff, please post it in the comments. And also, let me know when some more videos come out before I do another one. You probably have plenty of them. Try to subscribe again. Check out the video once you're through. Boom. And there's the whole video. So look what we've done. We've got the whole A roll laid down. And then the next thing I'm going to do really quick is um, create the end card. So I'm going to open up Photoshop to do this. Now, I've already spent the time building a template, um, which allows me to have the subscribe button up there. Remember that when you have an end card on YouTube, it can be a maximum of 20 seconds. So I already have this template created, so I'm just going to change the top video call to action that will end up on this video. Um, I'm going to give a, a link to maybe a different video I've done. So how to make money on YouTube great and then watch another video that one will be recommended by them so all i have to do here is go save as i'm going to drop uh, you know jpeg on that guy and throw it in a most recent file how to make money on youtube and watch how cool this is now all i have to do is drop in this end card into my timeline and that'll be the outro of the video Now, so I've dropped the end card in there. It doesn't need to be up there for the entire time. I usually only want it up there like 10 seconds or so. And so now I actually want to do music next. So uh, there's a lot of different options for music. I actually have a video here on Think Media with some of the best free options. So if you want to watch that, click or tap the YouTube card, or I'll put it in the description below. But if there was one site that I feel like is the best all around for most YouTube creators, it's Epidemic Music. And... They just have good pricing. It's very affordable if your channel is not very large. If you have a large channel, it's still affordable, but of course you can afford it as you start making more money. And so um, I already pulled up, as we saw in the beginning, the music folder. And so uh, this is some of the songs I already looked up on Epidemic Music. And so the, one of the reasons why I love Epidemic is because you can really get clear on what music you want fast by just doing something like this. Maybe you say, okay, the mood I want is hopeful the movement of it like the pacing busy frantic no i kind of just want it to be smooth and then the genre is electronic and dance i want like beats so then what it does is it only is showing you hopeful smooth electronic and dance so we have old school hip-hop beats disco you can see the tempo the beats per minute you can actually see that it's hopeful and smooth here the energy level just epidemic gives you so many details so i spent some time picking out some good music Okay, so for the and for the outro, I want that end song to like drop heavy. So I have this song that actually has some lyrics in it, um, and that is copyright free though because it's off of a, a site. When once you're paying for it, you're all good to go. 
So now, when I'm also editing music, I like to do something similar. Remember how we were looking at the waveform? I can see where the drops are based on the waveform visually, right? And I've been doing this for a while, so you kind of get used to it, but... That's the build. Build. So there's the drop, and that's exactly what we want for the outro. And so it's a little loud. I'm actually going to go minus five on this guy. And then um, what I want to do is see the exact drop. There's the exact end card. Waveform-wise, there's the exact drop right there-ish. Go back a little. And this has kind of some beats. Nice. So I'm going to fade that up. So we're going to jump over here into effects in Premiere. Audio transitions and constant gain. It's kind of weird. You think it'd be like crossfade or fade in. It's actually called constant gain. <laughs> so I'm at the song complete, so I'll finish the end card there. And that's that's kind of it, right? So we've got the music in the end. So what we're also going to do now is now drop some music in the beginning. And for this edit, I'm not going to go super in-depth. I would normally go back through, maybe take out dead spots, do more editing. You can do music throughout. But we're probably just going to do music in the beginning and the end. And so let's drop a little intro song and we'll mix it in. Okay, so you also heard it there. There's like little swooshes, little ramp ups or whatever. And if you actually want to see the songs I use and check out Epidemic Music, I'll put some links in the description below so you can uh, see those. But again, visually here, we can see this. five again because it's coming in a little strong then i can just pull this out backwards make sense and then what i'll do is i'm gonna do a little cut there right click audio gain i'm gonna go minus 18 so i don't want this music to overpower my vocals so then watch this here we go So a couple things here, again, in, in editing, I would probably go in and mix the audio more. I'm going to turn this audio up a little bit. This could probably have like a four. And keep in mind, one thing you want to look at on Premiere is on the right side, there's waveforms. So see these waveforms right here? What you, you don't want that to ever peak. So you want to mix that, and you want you can even get deeper into your audio if you click the audio tab and see how loud your music is. That's audio three compared to how loud your voice is. And then you think about the human ear, if those levels are the same, dude, people can't hear you. The music's overpowering. So you may pull the music down. Um, and I always like to default towards the audience uh, being able to hear the video. So I'm actually going to make, once the song gets a little bit louder, I'm going to take it down to like minus 22 here. And I'm going to mix. We'll go back to our, uh, our editing layout here on Premiere. Fade those together. Great, nice little music, and then here we go. So as that fade went up, I already had the sound effects on my intro. Boom, the drop happens.
and then I made the fade a little longer, as you can see, by you can just stretch it out, slide it around to get exactly where you want the quieter part of the song going out. You could also do this with keyframes. We don't even need to worry about those in this particular tutorial. And so then audio gain over here. Now I'm going to go like minus 25. I, I want it to just kind of be a nice bed, but uh, more about the vocals of me talking. And so here we go. little too fast, so I'm stretching out that transition. I'm actually going to turn the intro down a little bit because of how loud it is compared to me, and maybe even turn these up to like without peaking. I'm sitting a little further, so I'm going to go with seven. All right. Okay, so at this point, we could be done. We could just export the video right now, but there's a few other things I might want to add in. One being maybe like a title. So let's just create one, and I'll add a couple others later. I'm going to go legacy title. I know there's a new titling thing on here, but I'm just going to go easy, fast. And so uh, a really quick way I like to title things is I just create a little black box here on Premiere, and then I'm just going to go add Sean panel. And this way, if you want to give a call to action to your um, social media, right, and I'm going to use the font that I love to use, it is... Black italic, and then we'll just go white on that font. So now you can see that right in there. Boom. Super cool. And that was it. And now that is over here in our media uh, library, our project. And we can pull Sean in. Hey, what's up, Sean Cannell? So, hey, what's up, Sean Cannell here? I could add a sound effect, same way, because now you're seeing how layers work, right? So you could add sound right here. These camera clicks, watch me, I'll mute this. That's a sound effect, right? It's edited in. So if I want a little swoosh in and swoosh out, that's a lot of times what we do. Hey, what's up, Sean Cannell? So then over here, I actually do have a plugin. It's called Impact Push. I'll link to it in the description below. It kind of gives you like a nice, not just like a heart. See, it gives you like a motion blur on your um, animations. And if I click effects here, I want it to come in from the uh, from the left. What's up, Sean Cannell here? That's, wow, that was a long journey. So, okay. So, what's up, Sean Cannell here, and welcome to my channel, which is all about going further, faster, and light. And okay, so you see that guy, and then I can make him push off as well. So he comes in from the left, leaves the left. I don't know why it actually says right, so whatever. <laughs> what's up, Sean Cannell here, and welcome to my channel, which is all about going further, Okay, so that is basically the full edit, which brings us to actually the export. And so what I'm going to do is mark out. I'm saying that I want everything underneath this to be exported. But we're actually going to do that in part four of this video. So I'll tell you all about how you can watch that in just a second. All right, so a few other things that I did after I finished the edit here was I added in some B-roll, right? So the A-roll is on that video layer one inside of Premiere. And then what I did was I added B-roll on top of that uh, at the points where I talked about it. So I just took a few moments to do that, made a few tweaks to the audio, and besides that, our next step now is to export the video and upload it to YouTube. And that's what we're <laughs> going to be doing in part four of this series. So if you want to check out the whole playlist in that next video, just click or tap the YouTube card or post it in the comments below. The mega video of all time continues. Man, if you're still here, <laughs> let me know that you made it this far in the comments. 
And let's talk about some of the top questions from the Think Media community all about editing. Corey asks, what's the most efficient workflow, such as preset configurations, templates, having your intro, B-roll, etc., organized and accessible? You know, a couple things, Corey. I think, number one, it's all going to start on your actual hard drive itself. I like to make sure that I stay really organized as far as all of my music in one place, all of the B-roll in one place. Um, I like to have my assets for a project, whether that's the intro, sound effects. When I say intro, I mean like the bumper. I use end cards. We call them end cards at Think Media. Well, that's what YouTube calls them. And it's just a little Photoshop image that we put at the end of the video that we can layer over the end screen elements that YouTube gives us access to. So keeping it organized on your hard drive and then remembering that most editing softwares will allow you to save a template of one of your projects or a sequence so that if your videos always have some of the same thing, same bumper, maybe same intro song, same few sound effects, same lower thirds of your name and social media icons popping up on screen, you may only need to build that once and then always open up that project and then just drop in the elements that you shot for that video. But I also want to recommend a video in the resource guide from Omar on the Think Media team. He's got a really cool training about video podcasting and how he does it really fast in Adobe Premiere and keeping like a template for basically pumping out YouTube videos. And he's got some new videos coming up as well. So make sure to check out the resource guide. Anne asks, what is equivalent to iMovie for PC that is free? I need something that allows you to connect all the clips together when it gets cut off by the camera, preferably as easy as iMovie when you just drag and drop. Well, a couple to check out are Blender, DaVinci Resolve, HitFilm Express, and of course I'd recommend maybe Google and see what the top recommendations are. In fact, let us know in the comments if you use any free PC video editing software keyword that's easy. And then even the ones I recommended, I don't know how easy they are really to learn. I know you're asking on PC, but I think the best video editing software to start with is iMovie if you can get access to a Mac because it's simple, it works fast, it works with Mac. But check out some of the ones I recommended and then read the comments below and we'll highlight any comments of some of the best recommendations for free PC video editing software that's easy. Braxton, that, good to see you, man. Thanks for the question. I use Final Cut Pro 10, and I'm struggling with Adobe Premiere Pro and AF. I think you mean After Effects. Do you have any classes, or which classes would you recommend? The two I'd recommend are LinkedIn Learning or Skillshare. In both cases, there are tutorials and training on each. They both have free trials, and so you can always jump into either of them. We'll put some details in the resource guide. And then eventually it becomes a paid trial. If you really wanted to be crazy, you could probably sign up for the free trial, crush it in a weekend, take a couple days off work, learn it, and then you could always cancel. Or just stick with those programs because they both have a lot of tutorials about all kinds of great, important software that we need as content creators. So Skillshare or LinkedIn Learning. Biscuits and Tea Gaming asks, I always struggle with sound editing. I never know whether my levels are right, music or no music, any tips would be appreciated. Well, I definitely recommend, first off, to always edit with headphones or good studio monitors so you can be monitoring your audio because audio is one of the most important parts of video. But the problem is, it's not just like what it sounds like to you. What you need to measure is the levels. The way to know your levels are right is to actually look at the levels. So in Premiere, what you will see in any editing software should have this 
is the audio level whenever you're playing your footage. Now, you know, you may have recorded the audio too quiet in your camera. Maybe it's too loud. Hopefully it's not too loud because that's when the audio is blown out or distorted. But then you bring your audio in and you're like, oh, shoot, all the audio is like minus 24 dB. It's very quiet. Here's where you want it to be. You want it to be in this range of minus 3 to minus 6, really minus 12, but I like to be right in here without peaking. If you go too high, then it's called peaking, and it'll hit this red. So here's Premiere again showing you your levels, right? And if you're hanging out in this area, in this kind of orange-yellow area, then levels are good. And if you go too high, then you need to reduce down those levels. And the next thing I'd say is make sure that you just mix your audio based off the A-roll, typically the voice of your subject. That's the most important part, I think. It's the storytelling, it's the teaching, and music should be complementary, never overpowering. We call it the grandma rule here at Think Media, and for us, that simply means that if grandma was watching the video, <laughs> that she would not think that the music is too loud and overpowering the <laughs> vocals. And so we'd rather play it on the safe side. All you Zoomers out there, you might want your music pumping a little bit harder, but for us, we just think, uh, is it a little bit too loud? Let's go even quieter than that. Is it a little bit the music is kind of overpowering the vocals? Let's go a little quieter. Now, when the vocals stop, ramp the music up. Music provides energy. Music provides momentum. Music provides emotion. But we never want the music or any other element, sound effects or anything, to overpower or any element to distract from the message and the story that you're trying to tell. So edit on headphones. Edit on some studio monitors.